The Los Angeles Rams have lost two important players for the rest of the remainder of the regular season, getting one important player back that could factor into the offensive line here. And then Cam Akers, the return, could it be in Week 17 against the Baltimore Ravens? Well, find out on this episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Kremenges, officially the head of NFL information over at Underdog Fantasy, and of course, your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we begin, thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen every day here at Locked On Rams, and we can dive into a lot of things we got to discuss on this episode. There's been what feels like 8 million transactional moves once again for the Los Angeles Rams, both getting some guys back, getting a little bit healthier, which is obviously the direction that you want to trend in right now as we get closer towards the playoffs. But at the same time, week 16 was a costly one for the Rams because they lost a certain handful of players, I guess we can say, to injuries and not just guys that are both going to be gone but also guys that will return and play through injuries so we're going to give you an update on all those guys and then discuss the nfc west throughout the rest of the year but before we get there want to get into these transactions first some of the lighter ones i guess that you can say uh, in terms of the practice squad things like that restored to the practice squad running back javian hawkins and wide receiver warren jackson as well as you some of you probably forgot about this guy i have had many times linebacker Justin Lawler these guys I think all were on the COVID list but are now back on the practice squad and in return they had to let go of three players on the practice squad at least so kicker Ryan Santoso terminated defensive back Greg Stroman and long snapper Carson Tinker probably a lot of names that some of you guys have never even heard myself included kind of got brought up a week or two ago throughout all the COVID protocols all that kind of stuff now on their way out which is unfortunate for those guys but Never were really going to factor into the Rams' plans this year. This is just how the transactions work this season, right? The NFL has given teams a lot more space to work with uh, throughout all the COVID protocols and things like that. You can bring guys up really quickly. You can drop them back to the practice squad really quickly. Uh, it feels like every single week there's at least 25 teams, if not every single team, bringing up random players, dropping random players like it's nothing. So, uh, shout out to those guys. You know, hopefully they can find jobs continuing along in the NFL. That was not exactly the big news. The big news here activated from reserve, COVID reserve, tackled Joseph Noteboom, and he has missed, I think, the past two games, which is unfortunate because this is a guy that could have started the last two games for the Rams. Two games ago, the Rams didn't have right tackle Rob Havenstein available, and we know that Joe Noteboom would have been the first option to replace him there. Couldn't play. He was on COVID as well. And that meant Bobby Evans was going to start at right tackle. And that experiment went not good at all. Then this past week, the Rams don't have left tackle Andrew Whitworth available. Rob Hamestine comes back at right tackle. And again, Noteboom's still on the COVID list. He can't play at left tackle this week, which of course, again, he would have been the starter, no doubt about that. Uh, and they had to go to undrafted free agent Alaric Jackson, or Alaric Jackson, I should say. I think that's how you pronounce his first name. Uh, and that's unfortunate because Nopum is a guy that has played very well in small spot start type of duty. And this is a guy that the Rams can absolutely rely on. I mean, he's probably a starting quality lineman in the NFL. I think we're 
fairly comfortable saying that he would be, you know, a decent starting tackle. I think he's one of the top 64 in the NFL, probably if we broke it down by numbers. Um, but at the same time, if you can have a talent like that, that you trust as your swing tackle, a guy that doesn't even have to start for you, that just speaks to the depth of the offensive line. And I promise you, it feels good to have guys like that readily available for you, uh, not just through injury, but especially now throughout this COVID period where you might lose a guy on game day, like two hours before the game, and you're kind of scrambling to try and pick up the pieces, find somebody that can step up. Having a guy like Nopum that could start pretty much at four places on your offensive line, two of which are, you know, the more expensive positions at tackle, and he always seems to do a good job filling in. I think this return is a lot bigger than it seems, you know, than it feels because this is a guy that can offer a lot of depth for the Rams. God forbid something happens to, you know, either their starting tackles, but, you know, saying COVID has now been out of the way, I'm not really sure how it's going to work. Maybe one of these guys gets struck again in the next few weeks or something else happens in the playoffs. So, Having him back, I think, is very understated and very important. Now, there is some bad news as well. I mean, I talked about a lot of the injuries from this past game. Running back Daryl Henderson Jr., I think it was an MCL sprain uh, that got him. He's going to be going on injured reserve or has been placed on injured reserve. I think short-term IR, so he'll miss the rest of the regular season. He's going to miss the next three games at least. You have to on short-term IR. Uh, and this is not good news for Hendo, I would say, right, because this is a guy that continues to lose ground right now. Sony Michelle is definitely the better running back. I don't even think there's a question about that right now. Uh, and then the Rams get guys like Cam Akers to return to the fold. And Henderson would have had a role, I think, as an RB2, a guy that can kind of go in every now and again, maybe take a series here or there, grab a breather because the Rams look like they want to run the football now a lot more than before. And he would have got some work. We even saw last game against the Minnesota Vikings, one carry, and it goes for 15, 16 yards. He had you know, fairly decent amount of success on that carry like Sony Michelle had throughout the entire game and probably would have had a lot of yardage if he was out there instead of Sony Michelle. But now you're looking at a guy that, you know, the season might be over for him, which is unfortunate because the majority of it was solid, especially if you play fantasy football. I do. And this one, this guy was fantastic in fantasy football. But uh, in terms of the real life performance, it's just a disappointing end to somewhat of a disappointing season, I would say, uh, from a guy that really had a chance to make his name known as a starting running back in this league. Don't think he really captured that uh, this season, which is unfortunate. Now, even a bigger loss, in my opinion, linebacker Ernest Jones also placed on short-term IR, and he's going to have surgery on a high ankle sprain. Again, same kind of deal, same kind of ordeal, three games out, and this one sucks because Ernest Jones is a guy that has really stepped up for the Rams this season. You talk about a guy that didn't start as a linebacker. He didn't start anywhere for this team. That was Kenny Young. That was Troy Reader uh, at the beginning of the season. Probably made some sense. You know, this is a guy that was a third-round pick. You don't want to just toss him into the fire sometimes. You want to give these guys a little bit of chance to learn. But, man, ever since he's taken over for Kenny Young, who was traded, obviously, right around the trade deadline, it's been a massive upgrade from Kenny Young, who has been in the NFL four, five, six seasons. Ernest Jones, a rookie, significantly better right out of the gate. There's been no questions asked, in my opinion. That really speaks volumes to how this guy's performing. Not just that. It's not just, you know, that he outperformed a player that was not performing well. He's been fantastic. I mean, he's been the best linebacker on the team, no doubt about it. Better than Troy Reader. 
brings a different type of dynamic in coverage. He's so much smoother in his coverage, so much faster of a player. Uh, and I think he interrupts or disrupts passing lanes just at such a good degree. This is a guy that is going to be a good player for the Rams. Now, when's he going to come back this season? I'm not certain. He has to miss at least three games. He's on short-term IR, at least there. So, you know, this is tough because the Rams have two games remaining in the regular season and then presumably going to play in the wildcard game, you know, unless something crazy happens with the Green Bay Packers and the Rams can get the first seed. And uh, that's tough because that means he won't even return for the first playoff game. They won't get him back at earliest until the divisional round, which is a long time from now. It's something that the Rams, I'm sure, would love to not have to deal with. But the good news is Traven Howard steps up last game, takes over that linebacker duty and was fantastic in his own right. So this is a guy that we will certainly circle and discuss more in just a second here. A guy that we have discussed this week as well. I think he can step up and certainly fill that role that Ernest Jones leaves behind. As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at QBsMEP, at LockedOnRames, and on YouTube. We're there. You guys know that, at LockedOnRames. And it's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include the Built Bar in your plan Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, except you do not have to feel bad about eating it. It's not like a candy bar in that regard. It's not chalky like a lot of other protein bars, waxy or taste bad. It actually tastes great. And what's awesome about it, there's a bunch of different flavors that you can pick. I mean, they got so many different varieties and, and options. You talk about coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and a bunch more. They're going to have something that appeals to everybody and not just that. The bars are just 130 calories per bar. They're low in fat, low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, and they're high in protein. I mean, you talk about a perfect snack. That is the one. You're high in protein. It's going to keep you covered on your macros there. It tastes great. And not just that, but you don't feel awful after you eat it. It's really for everyone, not just for the people that want to work out. So if you're looking for a way to replace your snacks and actually get something out of it, Go check out the Built Bar. Or if you're a lifter, somebody who likes to stay fit, I'm sure you prioritize your protein. Always looking for a way to hit that macro mark there. Uh, the Built Bar will obviously help you with that as well. I'm telling you, the best on the market. There's no doubt about it. If you guys want to try, go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And thank you guys again so much for always making Locked on Rams your first listen every day. For your second, make sure to go check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021 with local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. Now we'll pick up with where we left off, and we talked about it. Traven Howard, uh, this is a guy that did stand out in the game. Gives up one reception for 14 yards, has an interception in the red zone, that anytime you can get an interception, it's a big deal. There's no doubt about that in the NFL. Uh, but when you can get it on a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, who is a captain checkdown, as we call them, the very safe guys, the same Bradfords, for those that uh, have been Rams fans for a long time, you probably remember, he doesn't throw many picks. He, I think he actually had the fewest amount of picks, or the Vikings did as a team throughout like 90% of the season. So that's another feat there. And then the third and final feat, where you get it on the field matters. And this guy stole points off the board from the Vikings. They were in field goal range. It was third down, I believe, and could have potentially had a touchdown, but Darius Williams makes a great break on the ball. Uh, with that being said, you take three points off the scoreboard there with a turnover. So 
This is a guy that I really, really thought stood out in this past game. A guy that I've talked about many times going back to the offseason on this podcast. And uh, for those that have followed me on Twitter, you've probably seen me talk about Traven Howard in 2019. I mean, it's been a long time since uh, I've watched this guy in spurts, never really been, you know, a huge contributor game after game on the field. But you see that talent always flash every now and again when he's out there and a guy that I really have enjoyed watching. So this is a guy that I do have circled moving forward. He's got to step up now. Ernest Jones is done for the next three games. And Troy Reader played a great game as well. But Reader's just not the same kind of player. You can get some good run reps out of Reader. And somehow he played a great game in coverage the last game. But, you know, I wouldn't hold my breath on him becoming a great replacement for Jones. Or not just that, but a guy that can prioritize coverage. That's not where he's best at. He's a little bit slow, or he's very slow, actually. Uh, just not very oily in terms of the hips, very stiff. A guy that just can't do that well. And Ernest Jones, the difference is he's fantastic in coverage. He can move very fast, and he's a guy that can move with the best of the linebackers out there. So Traven Howard, a lot more similar to an Ernest Jones. So if you're looking for a one-to-one -one kind of replacement there, it has to be Howard. He has an opportunity now to step up, was on IR, finally healthy, finally getting a chance to start uh, for a team that is presumably one of the top options for a Super Bowl. Can't ask for a better opportunity to really stake your claim here as a potential starter in the NFL. And I think he might be a free agent actually after this year. So you talk about trying to run into, you know, the perfect circumstance to go set yourself up for your second contract in the NFL. Doesn't get better than that. So hopefully he can hold down the fort until Ernest Jones gets back. Now, there's a few more injuries here that we have to discuss. Center Brian Allen, according to head coach Sean McVay, his knee checked out okay, uh, and he should be fine. So hopefully he returns. The Rams could certainly use a lot more strength on that offensive line. You get Brian Allen back. You get who we talked about earlier, Joe Noteboom back. You can start to shuffle those guys back to their true positions, and you start to really feel good about your running game moving forward because they've been productive with backups in there. You get those starters back. Oh, man, who knows? There's really no telling what those guys can do uh, in that backfield. And then the final injury here, defensive tackle Greg Gaines having hand surgery yesterday, I believe, uh, but he's going to cast it up, and Sean McVay expects him to play this week. So you talk about a tough player here, a guy that's going to have to play with one of those clubs, as they say. You look at your hand all bandaged up, wrapped up uh, to the point where you can't even use it. So it might be hard for him to reproduce the same kind of level of play we've seen from him all season because Gaines, arguably the best nose tackle in football right now. This guy has been fantastic. So, so good at everything. I mean, pass rushing, you don't expect much from a nose tackle in the pass rush, but Gaines is quick. He's fast. He's got a lot of acceleration. He's powerful. He can get rid of guys. He's good at using his hands and he can run after quarterbacks. This is a guy that has relentless motor type of ability you love to see that from guys that are 330 pounds that just juices everybody up and you see how happy everyone is uh, when he makes a play and how happy Greg Gaines is because uh, you don't see guys like that often going to get sacks on quarterbacks that are mobile too never mind you know your pocket uh, passing type so that is one aspect of it the, I think the other thing is you know it's gonna be hard to engage with offensive linemen because you obviously grab when you're grabbing their pads and you can sort of you know, jerk them kind of left or right or whatever the case is. Now he's not going to have one hand available in that regard. So going to make it tougher, but I mean, you're still talking about a tremendous talent here. I think the Rams are still very happy that at least he can play, right? This is a guy that can still offer you a lot 
in terms of your run defense, a little bit of a pass rush juice that he can offer too. Uh, this is a guy that certainly the Rams want out on the field, a big part of what they can do defensively, forcing teams in a second and long, third and long, behind the chains, longer down in distances, always begins on first down or second down, the early downs when you want to stop the run. So good news is he's going to play through it, at least for now. So fingers crossed we can get the same Greg Gaines. And that takes us into the final player here. We mentioned losing Daryl Henderson earlier uh, this segment or in the first segment. Somewhat of a loss, right? Not necessarily because Henderson just brings a lot to the table, but in general that Sonny Michelle just can't keep touching the ball 27 times a game. I mean, you see it sometimes. He's gassed. He wants to get off the field or he's kind of banged up in terms of how he gets tackled, just getting up sore. You can see it sort of a little bit slower as that game goes on there. And you don't want him just to be eviscerated game after game because you're going to need him to do this the next two games in the regular season and then going into the playoffs, right? Presumably you want to play four more games in the playoffs, wild card, divisional round, conference championship, Super Bowl, six games. That's a lot left to take on your body if you're touching the ball 25 times a game, uh, if not more, which is good news because K-Makers apparently will potentially play this week, according to head coach Sean McVay. I don't know how, man. This is unprecedented. This is unheard of. I've watched football for two decades, okay? I've watched football for a long time. I've kept up with major sports my whole life as well. I have never in my life seen a player come back after five months, we'll say six months to round it up, from a torn Achilles. I mean, it is unheard of. You never hear this kind of stuff. It's just wild to think that this guy's going to be playing week 17. I mean, it feels like just... Two months ago, he tore his Achilles. I cannot believe that the Rams actually are suggesting that this guy will be out on the field this weekend. It's crazy. It is honestly insane because this is a talent here that has the ability to really change things for the Rams. And I'm not going to put too much on his plate right now. He hasn't played the entire season. His conditioning is not up to par. He's not up to game speed. He's going to need to work his way back into the rotation, back into feeling comfortable, you know, just holding a football, never mind trying to cut left, right, center, trying to break tackles. And like I said, the conditioning, he's not just going to be able to step on the field on Sunday and, you know, play 57 snaps and touch the ball 18 times. Can't happen. I mean, this guy needs to be eased back into the rotation. And I know this is what the Rams are going to do or what they plan to do, I think. So the good news is you lose Daryl Henderson. He wasn't going to play a massive role, I don't think, in the backfield, but he was going to be your change of pace, slasher type of running back, give Sony Michelle a breather every now and again. Now it feels like that's going to be Cam Akers' role. Maybe not right out of the gate. Maybe he'll touch the ball three, four times, and then you know you get two or three touches out of a Jake Funk. That might be the rotation for the next two or so weeks until Akers is sort of up to speed, comfortable, and things look good. But now you talk about your best two duo at running back, Cam Akers, Sony Michelle going into the playoffs, as long as they can stay healthy, you got to feel good about what these guys can bring because Michelle, your grinder type of running back, I'm going to, you know, pound it and pound it once again, once again, and you're going to get tired of tackling me. I'm going to run through those arm tackles, gain that extra two, three yards every time. And then you bring in a Cam Akers who has a lot more explosion, a lot more acceleration, a lot more big play ability, not to mention he can break tackles too. This guy is tough as nails. It's not like he's weak or something. Just brings a lot more explosion as well. Oh man, that is a fun duo. And the way it looks right now, it looks like the Rams might be at their best when they're running the football a ton and essentially keeping the ball out of Matthew Stafford's hands, which is tough to say because 
you traded a lot for this guy. And we're starting to get that feeling now where you almost feel like you don't trust him, right? You almost feel like that silly interception is coming at some point and the Rams just have to kind of overcome it. Don't like that feeling. So if you can put it into your running back's belly and say, you know, go get me six and we're going to pick up on second and four, I think that puts the Rams in a lot better position. I think we've seen Stafford and the offense be a lot more comfortable and Sean McVay as a play caller, a lot more comfortable in those manageable down and distances. So that's one of the big reasons here why I think K-Makers could play a massive role for this offense, which is good news because the Rams still got two games. The NFC West still up for grabs. That first, second, third seed in the NFC, even the fourth seed still up for grabs too. So we're going to discuss that here in just a second. Before we get there, I wanted to remind you guys, make sure to tune back in here at Locked on Rams tomorrow. Locked on Rams, Locked on Ravens, myself, Kevin Ostriker, going to have our crossover episode like we do every single week. It's going to be my final one and a good one. You talk about two teams that are fighting for the playoffs right now. Ravens a little bit more desperate, fighting for their playoff lives. The Rams have a lot less to play for, but you know they still remember that game from 2019, I think it was, when the Ravens really, really put together a beatdown in the Coliseum. I think it was like a 45-6 to type of game. Maybe the worst in Sean McVay's career as a head coach. So we'll see what happens in this one. Hopefully not that again. Uh, and thank you guys, as always, for making us your first daily listen. For your third, right after the college football playoff preview, go check out Locked on Bets. They are your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Now we'll pick up with a final segment here. Los Angeles Rams sitting pretty, 11-4. and four. The entire month of November, very ugly. The Rams don't win a game. And uh, a lot of people jumped off that bandwagon, man. Not so much the Rams fans. I think most Rams fans, you know, try to keep an even-keeled, level-headed type of approach. I'm sure a lot of people thought, you know, this team's not going to win a Super Bowl. And that was probably fair to say at the time. Uh, but now they come off four straight wins in December. They're starting to reel these things in. Starting to play a lot better, a lot cleaner. Yes, you get a stinker every now and again like the Minnesota Vikings. But... Three interceptions. You still come out of that game with a victory. I think you got to feel good about where you're at in terms of the talent on the roster there. And the Rams right now sitting at 11 and four, the Arizona Cardinals at 10 and five. And I've made sure to listen to locked on cards all week. I mean, I want to hear my guys, Bo Brock, Alex Clancy talk about it. And they are just reeling for a win right now. I mean, they're in the most desperate of times right now, but either way you look at it, the Rams are in a good position this week, right? Yes, you got to take care of business yourself. There's no doubt about that. You always do in these type of seeding scenarios. So it really begins with the Rams' victory over Baltimore, which I certainly think is possible. Yes, they're going to be on the road uh, against an unfamiliar opponent. It's going to be tough. Sounds like the Ravens are probably going to get Lamar Jackson back. It's going to obviously make it 10,000 times tougher than playing a Josh Johnson. But this is what you expect, right? You look at the Ravens, the defensive side of the ball specifically, they are beaten up in that secondary. They've lost like 10 plus players. Pretty much no original starters are out there. You got to take advantage of that unit. I think this is a really good chance for Matthew Stafford to have a bounce back game. Cooper Cup to get closer to that record. If not break it, I mean, yeah, it's going to be crazy to expect 230 plus yards in one game, but he's got a chance. I think you look back to last week, Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow throws for 525 yards. That is insane. 525 that is just unheard of you never see those kinds of performances that is crazy I think he threw four or five touchdowns T Higgins nearly 200 yards receiving I think two touchdowns as well this has you know shootout kind of written all over it here in my opinion uh, but the, at the same time the Ravens 
not been playing that good offensively, not with Lamar Jackson throughout that month of the November, end of December there. There was a lot of turnovers, the offensive line not playing good. They lost a lot of offensive linemen as well. I think the Rams have to take advantage there. So we begin with that game, right? The Rams have to win that game, take care of business. The other game that I have circled that we should all be looking at, Dallas Cowboys, Arizona Cardinals. And either way that it bounces, I guess outside of a tie, which I haven't really considered here, almost never happens. I think the Rams got to feel good about what happens, right? Because if the Dallas Cowboys beat the Arizona Cardinals, well, then the NFC West is done. If the Rams can win against Baltimore and Dallas beats Arizona, the NFC West is done. It's locked up. The Rams got it. They got nothing left to worry about there. They are the divisional winner, the title holder there. And that feels good because that's always your first step going into an NFL season. Take care of the division first. So that might be the desired outcome. I'm not really sure, uh, but that would probably give you a little bit more breathing room with San Fran in the last week. You don't exactly have to be worried about losing out on the title or the division and dropping from that top four seed space. That's where you want to be. So that might be the desired outcome. The other outcome here, though, is if the Cardinals beat the Cowboys, yeah, you're still kind of in lockstep with the NFC West and you got to go into the final week and win or you got to see the Cardinals go into the final week and lose to the Seahawks. And that one doesn't seem all that likely right now. The Seahawks, not that good of a football team. Uh, so your best bet might be to have to win the next two games if the Cardinals win this one. Uh, but at the same time, then again, you know, the Rams would have the tiebreaker, I guess, over the Dallas Cowboys, right? Because I think in that scenario, they're, conference record would be better than the Cowboys and uh, that would obviously get them one spot ahead of the Cowboys so either way if the Rams can win this game and then the Cardinals win the Rams jump to the second seed and that might be the best spot to be in because then you get the worst team in the wild card round you do not want to play the 49ers in round one and if they're the third seed they're probably going to play the Niners who are the sixth seed right now so that might be the desired outcome for some people or you look at the other side the Cowboys beat the Cards the Rams beat the Ravens. You're still the third seed. You're not jumping up or moving anywhere. And you're still slotted to play the 49ers, which is really tough. But at the same time, the NFC West is done for. You got a lot more breathing room. Maybe you can actually treat the last week as sort of like a mini bye week in the sense that, you know, if you're winning at halftime, yeah, maybe you want to go take care of business. Or if it's not going to change any seeding outcomes, which it might not, Maybe you could bench those guys, right? At the same time, you can have options there and bench your guys and not get them hurt and give them a bit of a bye week there, a half game bye week type of scenario. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's really all in the hands of the Rams right now because if you're going into that last week as the third seed and the Niners are your sixth seed, maybe you want to drop to the fourth seed and go play the fifth seed who might be the Cardinals. I think it makes more sense to play the Cardinals in the first round than it does the 49ers. But then again, if you drop purposely, it's going to potentially impact you in the next round of playoffs where you might have to go on the road and not host a playoff game. So there's a lot of scenarios to take into effect here. But I think as it stands right now, the Rams got to feel good about where they're at. This is a hot football team right now. They're catching fire at the right time. They still win ugly when they got to. They win pretty at times. And the Cardinals are the ones with all the heat on their back, right? With all the weight of the world on their shoulders. And they now have to go beat a Cowboys team that just scored 56 or 55 points against a divisional rival, I believe it was. Good luck with that. I mean, that is not an easy football game. And the Rams game is not going to be easy either. You know, this is going to be a team that's going to be battle tested by the time they get to the playoffs. But I think as it stands right now, 
you got to try to go fight for that second seed. I think that's where I'm at right now. I'm always reaching for the best there. Uh, and if you can get the second seed, you're always going to draw the worst team in the playoffs throughout the rest of the year. And you're always going to be playing at home until you play the first seeded team, which seems like it's going to be the Green Bay Packers. And that is a nice scenario to be in. You get to play at home in LA, in a dome. You don't got to travel anywhere. You might be able to play the Eagles in the first round and whoever the second round might be. I think that might be the desired outcome, but you know, there's a lot of scenarios at hand here. So many things that we can discuss and we'll dive into it more tomorrow on our crossover episode with my man, Kevin Ostriker, host of Locked On Ravens. It's going to be the crossover episode. We're going to find out more about this team, where they're at, where the Rams can win, where they might be a little bit weak. And of course, we'll share our game prediction and everything else in between. So make sure to tune back into that. Just a reminder, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter at QBsMEP, at Locked On Rams, and on YouTube at Locked On Rams. Go click that little bell notification. Get notified every time we post 8 a.m. Eastern every single morning. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.